friends, welcome back to Real Life, Real Talk, Real Coffee with me, Hannah, your host. I am really excited for y'all to hear the conversation I had with Corey Hewitt and his daughter, Anna, about anger, um, their vulnerability, and uh, just being real with us in conversation about something that's hard is just so admirable and respectable, and it was a really great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it too. So Anna and Corey, I'm really excited to have you guys join us um, for our emotion series. I'm going to start by asking, what is in your mug? What's your go-to coffee drink? So I have a um, iced caramel latte, but I generally get a frappuccino because I really like the whipped cream. Yes, that is that is a good call with the whipped cream. What about you, Corey? I typically just have coffee with cream, light roast preferably. Um, but if I'm splurging, it's a white chocolate mocha with uh, an extra shot and half the uh, sugar in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? It's, I'm excited about this episode because you are father and daughter and the perspectives that that will bring. But introduce yourselves. Tell us a little about your life and what your world looks like. Sure. Um, so my name is Corey Hewitt. Um, I was born in Seattle. Moved to Phoenix when I was nine, went to college mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, met and married my wife, Becca, there. Um, we had a couple of kids, three kids there, I suspect. <laughs> and then we moved to Iowa to be closer to uh, her family, who was here in Des Moines at that time. Um, and then um, we adopted a couple of girls, and we had a, another child while we were here as well. So we've got a family of six going on. So there's always something going on while we're. Uh, living life. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm his daughter, Anna Hewitt, and I'm 17. I'm a junior in high school. I really like reading and reading and art. And where do you fall in the sibling group lineup? Oh, yeah. So I'm the oldest of the six. Yeah. So I kind of get to boss them around. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are excited to talk about anger today for our emotion series, but we um, have also talked about joy and happiness, fear and anxiety, kind of following the outline of the Inside Out movie from Disney and Pixar, Um, and just learning how we live with those emotions and work through those emotions and don't let them define us necessarily, but um, just, yeah, and from a Christian perspective, how we grow closer to God through emotion as well. So we'll start off, but how would y'all define anger? What would be the way you'd describe it um, to maybe somebody who doesn't know anything about it? I think for me, it's like I've been working on my own anger for a long time. I think one of the, the pieces that come to my mind is it's just a sense of injustice against mm-hmm. something, whether it's a, a, a wrong against me, somebody cut in front of me and uh, while we're driving and you yeah. get road rage or yeah. um, whatnot. I think it feels like it comes back to, to James 4, 1, right? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And it feels like, for me, that's just, it's really what it's all about, a deep level of selfishness. Yeah. I don't know that I'd ever heard the, that verse, like, in the context of thinking about what motivates or starts anger, but it's just, it can be as simple as that, which, wow. Anna, would you add anything to that or? Yeah, just perceived injustice, whether or not it's, cause I mean, the Bible talks about righteous anger too. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like anger is always a negative thing, but mm. 
Yeah. But it's generally portrayed as a negative thing because usually people lash out with it. Yeah. Could you talk to us a little bit more about righteous anger and kind of how that contrasts with non-righteous anger? <laughs> yeah. So like the verse dad was saying where it was talking about like injustices because like there are things that are unjust in the world that yeah. it's good to get angry about. Yeah. Like just the sin in our world and just how far we've fallen from God. But there's also other things, very worldly things that we perceive as unjust. Like this person wasn't, you know, treating me how I wanted to be. And that's not something the Bible says. Yes, you should stand up and, you know, get mad at that person about that. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about uh, the book, Beautiful Outlaw. I mean, you can't remember who wrote it right now, but um, he talks about Jesus' righteous anger with flipping the tables in the temple and, and that's just a really good model for responding to things that are unjust and against God or sin in the world. But being humans and struggling with that and knowing when that anger is coming from a righteous place or when it's coming from a sinful place, it's, it's hard. Um, so could you each tell us just a little bit, um, like kind of a, a short summary about your, your story with anger and what that's looked like and how you've gotten to where you are now? That's a long story. <laughs> so I, I can try to summarize just a few years, but like my earliest memory of, of real anger, I suppose, was I was in a basketball game in, in high school. I got a fast break, got completely fouled, yeah. mugged, however you want to describe it, yeah. slammed into the wall, and there was no whistle. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. just so unfair. And I, I jumped up and I went right up into the ref's face and I was yeah. screaming at him nose to nose. And he was like, I'm sorry, my whistle didn't blow. It's like, oh, now I feel pretty bad, right? Um, And that was in probably sophomore or junior in in high school. And I'm sure I was angry before that. But I mean, as far as I I can remember, I've always been angry about one thing or another. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my wife has helped me a lot over the years. But I think the last five years, I've really probably put a lot more time into trying to start to deal with it, right? Yeah. Which is far too late, but it's never too late to start. Um, it's really been a series of Bible studies, a mm-hmm. series of books that have really kind of helped. Um, but I, there's just so many so many pieces in there, right? I don't yeah. know if my journey would, it's my journey, I suppose, yeah. right? It's like yeah. one thing builds on another to, to get me to where I'm at. There's a sermon I remember from, 2010 or so where you know the pastor was saying it's okay to speak the truth but you have to speak the truth in love right Mm. and for me it had always been one thing or the other like well I can tell you the truth or I can be loving I can't do both right yeah Um, I read a book uh, it's a secular book called crucial conversations which talks about that Um, in there it's they call it the sucker's choice right that you have to choose either to speak the truth or to be loving, but you can't be both, right? right? Jesus was both all the time, right? Yeah. He spoke the wow. truth in love. And so that book has been helpful for me, but it's my therapist in the last year or so has really kind of said, you know, Corey, one of the challenges you have is that you have a lot of intellectual knowledge about anger, but it doesn't help you on a day-to-day basis, does mm-hmm. it? And I said, applying that. no, not really. It doesn't. Yeah. She said, that's because your your body is firing off in milliseconds, right? Your anger response is triggered in milliseconds and your brain takes a full second to catch up. And so you're, you're just at a constant, she had much better words, but yeah, <laughs> she yeah. goes, you're just at a constant disadvantage, right? You're you're always behind. And so 
mean, it's led to life changes, right? For me, uh, there's a book I read called Gospel Treason, which I think really opened my eyes to the fact that my idols, anything that attacks or jeopardizes one of my personal idols yeah. is what triggers, it, it very obviously triggers my anger immediately. Mm-hmm. And there's, so the best thing I can do is manage those idols. Like for me, an, an idol I have is time. Mm-hmm. I have very limited time. I, I'm a type A personality. I want to get a hundred things done. And if you're in the way of me getting something done, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk right over the top of you and, and be angry if you're in my way, right? And my expectations of myself, my expectations of others, which impacts my kids a lot. Um, those are things I have to manage. And I, you know, I take steps then to try to be less involved in things so yeah. that I build an hour of free time into my day so I can still get the things done that I know I have to get done, right, right. but have time to process those things so that my time idol, be better to just get rid of the time idol altogether. <laughs> but in the meantime, right, I, I need to manage that so yeah. that those idols aren't in jeopardy and, and be conscious of those and walk away from those idols. Would you say, depending on the season of life you've been in, that those idols have changed or have those been pretty constant? Fairly constant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was really good. Wow. Um, Anna, how about you? Yeah. So I guess most of my experience of anger would be dad and yeah. just um, the way he reacts to things different times. And, um, I think in the past, I think it was like in um, my freshman year of high school when I started actually getting angry about things myself. And a lot of the things I got angry about then I think are really stupid now. But Mm -hmm. it's just like, um, yeah, my anger is more internalized. And like, I think of it, I don't know if it has to do with because dad would get angry and I didn't like being having people angry at me so I don't want to be angry at other people but sometimes that comes out in negative ways of just turning that on myself because I need some outlet for it yeah one thing that Jake um, was talking about last night he was preparing for a message on anger that he actually gave this morning Um, but he was talking about some people in anger are a volcano where it explodes either occasionally or pretty regularly or you're a clam and you just close up and keep it in. Like that was, I'm a visual person. So knowing a a visual example, that was just really good for me in working with students, but also my personal life and people in our family and that we love. Anger is not like a one size fits all thing and no emotion is, but how we express it and how we show it can be so different. Um, So one thing that I think is true with all emotion, but I've seen it especially true in regards to anger is anger is typically a symptom of a deeper issue. So like you said earlier, struggling with an idol, um, whether that's jealousy or, or pride or even just simply being uncomfortable. What are your thoughts on that, on anger being almost like an, a red light or an indicator of, of a bigger issue? Yeah, I think that feels true, right? Like if, I mean, I shouldn't have an idol in the first place, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. so knowing that that's what threatens it or that something's threatening my idol is is really helpful for me just in a visual sense so like anytime I'm angry now it's like I have to think about what's causing that right yeah I think the other problem or struggle for me is um, I read a book by Andy Stanley right Mm -hmm. Um, called enemies of the heart and there's a basically says there's four 
emotions that can really cause a lot of pain for us. Okay. And every one of them is a, a debt to debtor relationship. Mm-hmm. You owe somebody, somebody owes you, God owes you, mm-hmm. things like that. It's wow. like it's a lot of a lot of insight in there. In the, the anger one, it, it really all comes down to him to forgiveness. And it's hard for me to think about in a moment when I'm angry with somebody because maybe I had asked for something to be done, like the dishes or or some task at the house, and it isn't. And, of course, it's never rarely the first time that something hasn't been done. Yeah. And I feel like I'm justified in my Mm. anger, my outburst, the intensity of my response to whatever that is, right? Which isn't really true, right? I'm I'm not justified in, Mm. in getting there. I'm... I'm responsible for disciplining my child, but there's no there's no anger component there. Yeah. But it's hard for me to understand in that moment. Like, so I need to forgive them for their disobedience, right? But it's always trying to trace back what do I need to forgive that person for that's causing me to be angry, or do I need to forgive myself for some some expectation I have of myself that's not real? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because anger is so complex and it's often one of the things that we have the hardest time you know, talking about, or I think even for me working with students, it's one of the hardest things to help them work through because it's like an onion. There's so many layers to it and kind of getting to that root cause. It's really cool to hear that you can see what, what some of your roots are that cause your struggle with anger. Cause that's one of the things that's most overwhelming is getting to that point and figuring that out. Um, but you've mentioned some books and some Bible studies, but what else have you used to fight anger or um, to just work through it and and overcome it? Something he started doing, I don't remember how long ago it was, but like a year, a couple of years, was like asking us different times or like talking to us about, um, about it afterwards and just, you know, asking if we understand why he got angry oh. and if we if we think that it was a valid response or just like talking about how we felt about it, but not when he was angry and not in the Giving moment. that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you say that you've been able to, have you been able, has that perspective or how you would answer this question changed as you got older? Yeah. Would you say you can see more, maybe reasons why it happened or how has that changed as you've gotten older? Yeah, I think as I've gotten older, especially because our mom got a concussion like three years ago, two years, and that was a big deal because we all kind of had to step up and start taking on responsibilities. And so doing that kind of gave me a new understanding of, oh, yeah, if the dishes don't get done, the next person can't do them on time. And then that person is, you know, having to go out of their way to make it up in a different time. Yeah. And dad's got, you know, he's trying to work and manage all of these things. And so I think that gave me a much better understanding of just why he would get, like how much he has going on and why that was the way he reacted. And so it's been easier for me to yeah. deal with that, knowing that now. So that's a big thing I'm just thinking about how we love those in our like maybe we don't struggle struggle with anger ourselves but I think it's pretty common that someone in our family does so one thing is like thinking about that from their perspective what prompted that or what is the justice that isn't being 
met or injustice that's happening, I guess, is a really insightful piece that I don't know that I would have thought of. So that's awesome. Corey, do you have anything to add? I think there's so many things. And as a, when you're in the moment of anger, right, it's, it's hard because sometimes, you know, even as I'm saying whatever it is that I'm saying in that moment, that it's completely irrational. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of times when the whole family just bursts out laughing at me in the middle of one of those rants. And you're just like, it's so inappropriate. I'm so angry. And you guys are all laughing at me because of whatever stupid thing I managed to say at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just been a, a funny story, but it, right. it's also a little hurtful, right? As, yeah. as the angry person that you could get so angry that you'd say something that's so incomprehensible that your entire family, including your wife, just kind of started laughing at you in the moment. Yeah. One of our kids is very good at not getting wrapped up in the emotion that they're, that I'm emoting, I guess I would say, yeah. and can just say things like, you know, you're pretty angry. I'm going to walk away. And mm. when you're calm, then we can talk about this. And to have that come from one of your kids, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's embarrassing, honestly, right? Like I should be bigger than this, mm. <laughs> right? I should have more of a handle. But my kid is over here teaching me how mm -hmm. I should be regulating my emotions, right? Mm -hmm. But I think when you're an angry person, right, that Inside Out movie felt so perfect to me because if you're the angry person, honestly, I'd say that's all I know how to do. Yeah. That's that's what I know, right? So that's you're sitting here at the table replaying a, a game you're watching on TV or a hockey game that you were seeing, and, and then, oh, I don't know, something's going on. I better pay attention, right? And then yeah. three seconds later, you're you're firing off right and that's yeah. that's just that's honestly just, just how it feels yeah. and that's all you know to do is keep pulling that same lever that's i wouldn't say it's just the most comfortable it's the only lever you know right yeah, that's a good distinction um you know and talking with uh had a number of therapists over the past few years but you know one of them is like so corey what other emotions do you feel and it's like well I don't know, annoyance and frustration. She goes, but you, you classify all those the same. She goes, there's a continuum, right? I'm like, no. I said, for me, there's just anger, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't go from, well, I'm slightly annoyed to maybe I'm a little frustrated. No, it, it's right from I'm comfortable to I'm angry, yeah. right? There's no, yeah. there's no levels. There's and she no goes, area, she no. goes, that's not normal. Most mm -hmm. people have a continuum if you're, if you have a healthy emotional balance mm -hmm. in your life. But now I feel guilty that I should have a healthy continuum and I don't, right? Um, I think that that's true for people, no matter what emotion that you're struggling with. I think that that can probably. be something. We all have our own unique struggle with emotion and it might be with sadness or it might be with anxiety. But a lot of times the world tries to put a one size fits all approach or model. And it's like, right. That's not how I deal with it or that's not my experience with it. So it's cool to hear you have words to describe what goes on in your mind because that's so hard is right. putting that into words is huge i'd say the last thing in there it, it feels bad to me as a guy but i've always been very successful at work mm -hmm. because i'm a type a personality and i get things done yeah. and so yeah your teammates not might might not like you the best but your managers always mm. appreciate what you bring and I kind of feel bad because I think over the years I go into the fight or flight, right? Which is I'm going to fight and then eventually I'm just going to flight. I'm, I've hopped jobs pretty frequently when I was younger. 
because I would just get too frustrated with my mm-hmm. managers or the job situation. And I didn't know how to deal with it. So I would just leave. Right. Mm-hmm. And those problems existed at the house, too. But you just kind of deal with it. And I think six years ago, I took the job I'm in now with uh, the management. I had the same manager and, and his manager for that whole time. And that's mm-hmm. I mean, that's by far the longest I've ever yeah. been somewhere. Right. And, you know, one of the first year I was there, I caused a lot of of waves and my manager's manager, right? At one point got a call from some other department head, like Corey's out of control. You need to you need to deal with him, right? Mm-hmm. And my boss said, Well what is he or my boss's boss said, Well what's he out of control with? And he explained it and he's like, Well is he right? And they're like, Well yes, but the way he's going about it is mm-hmm. wrong. He's like, Well you fix your stuff and then he wouldn't have a problem in being angry. And that's that's the type of thing that just enables me to continue to behave the way that I behave, right? And, you know, my two-up, my two-up manager talked to me. I was like, you got to stop this, right? But then my boss um, sat down. He's like, Corey, this is the fourth time in the last year or so that I've dealt with this. And he goes, it's not appropriate, and I'm not going to deal with it anymore. You're going to be written up going forward if you continue to to behave like this, right? And he's like, you've got things you've got to deal with at the end of the day you just need to grow up Mm -hmm. and it's like wow that's pretty harsh right he's like you do great work but he says you can't you can't continue to do this i'm not going to continue to defend your actions in these phone calls no matter how wrong these other people are and i think for me that was really a a hard i mean it was easy in some ways because i'm very self-aware of these things right it's not like it's not like it's news to me, right? Right, right. So I had a choice of do I go find another job um, and right. wait two more years until those people are fed up with me and then just keep moving? Or do I actually try to invest the time in, in dealing with it? But I think as a guy, is you need somebody, whether that's a, a friend, a pastor, somebody to say, you've got to stop. There is a different way. Now, my boss isn't a Christian, right? So it's not, it's not like... <laughs> It's not like he's bringing truth to me that way, right. but he's setting the parameters. Like, you got to figure something out here. Now, how I went about that, I do Bible studies with people, and mm-hmm. a lot of those books are focused on anger. Been in counseling for a number of years to work on it. And it's yeah. much better than it used to be, but it's still, you know, I was listening to the the podcast on joy, and it's like, wow, I wonder what that would feel like. I can't possibly relate, and even happiness is probably fairly fleeting um, when I do have that happiness, right? Um, but I think I think most guys, I, I, I tend to have a joke, I suppose. It's like I have my friends around to hit me with a two-by-four when I'm doing that, right? And I think as a guy sometimes, especially as an angry guy, you probably need that, right? And I think there's, like in one of the books I read um, from one of my therapists, right? It was called um, Beyond Anger. And that guy wasn't a, a Christian either, but one of the things in there was he said, you like to rant when you're angry, right? And he says, let me ask you, do you ever feel better when you're done ranting? And I thought, and it's like, no, I just feel worse. And, and for me, that was a huge piece because yeah. like once I stopped ranting, sometimes my wife would be like, well, tell me what's wrong. I'm not can't do it it's not going to make me feel any better right when i'm calm maybe i can tell you about it mm-hmm. but i think that was really hard for her as well because she wants to be a listening ear yeah. but in this case it wasn't wasn't good for me 
I have two questions off of that. Yeah. One, um, so obviously in a work sense, your boss, your manager telling you that was helpful. How does that work in your family? Like, is it good for your family to, to have they ever done that? I don't know. Said you're being irrational, you need to stop, or something needs to change, or is it hard, hard to receive that from a family member? Uh, it's much harder in the family setting. Yeah, right? yeah. Because in theory, I'm the head of the household and mm. work, right? I'm under my boss, so it's, yeah. it's more logical that, there. Yeah, that. I think I'm better at receiving that now than I would have been before, right? Yeah. I'm better at recognizing and stopping and just walking away and then coming back. Yeah. Would you say what other positive things have you seen come out of that he the fact that he doesn't rant is helpful because um what were you talking about like the double bind situation Hmm. is like where you you know can you what was that again can you explain it yeah so the the double bind i feel is a say it's a it's a lose-lose situation right where say you've got to do the dishes and then they start doing the dishes and you're like you're not doing them the right way and then they start doing them the way that you asked and it's like well now you're not doing this part right and now they're not done on time and so it's a lose-lose right and i'm i'm very good at that i would say you've gotten better though because especially when you would get mad about the dishes was the biggest thing that i can remember and then start ranting about it you'd be like and you could have been doing dishes for these five minutes but now i've got to yelling for these five minutes but it's like you won't stop to let us do the dishes yeah. so like that has i don't think you've done that in like a long yeah, I time think, so. i think we're down to like 15 seconds and then, yeah. exactly yeah. which is way better than you can do the dishes. yeah but um so yeah like not doing that and you've got like when you were saying that people would laugh about irrational things you Sometimes you've like proposed irrational things, but more in a joking way. And so yeah. then it's like, okay, so he's less angry now and we can. Yeah. And so just like changing the way you express it so that it's more, because I mean, you still get mad about things and some of them are still like justifiable to get mad about, but maybe just not to express it. Mm-hmm. So, but you're expressing them better. So mm-hmm. it's easier to receive it and. Be repentant. My other question is, how do you find those guys in your life to be your accountability partner or to, I don't know, be free to call you out? If that makes sense. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, for me, I'm intentional in finding them. For me, like large group Bible studies aren't yeah. helpful to me. It's got to be closer to one or two, two guys, yeah, right? For sure. But I say it's a, it's a struggle. I mean, I've been married for 18 years and maybe for six of that. Have I done that because mm-hmm. we're busy or I don't know of a guy? I'm yeah. fairly much an introvert and certain levels that are good and some that aren't. And yeah, it's just hard to find that. And as an, I guess as an angry person too, it's like you just think, I don't want to talk about this with people because yeah. it. Yeah. there's a stigma that, I mean, you know, we did... Uh, foster care we adopted through that and i'm not a perfect person right i know Mm -hmm. i think at the time when we were going through all that we kept hearing ads uh listening to espn out of omaha about you know you don't have to be a perfect person to be in uh to adopt or to things like that it's like yes that's true but but anger feels different right Mm -hmm. like those are the those are the people who end up in the news for one reason or another at 
the target store spanking your kid or or whatever, right? Most of that's anger, those violent mm -hmm. outbursts that you see, sports news, you know, all, all that. There's such a huge negative connotation and, and it's bad. It's just, it, it impacts everybody around you. Yeah. People don't want to be with you necessarily unless you're doing something for them. I mean, mm -hmm. so it's just tough to, to feel like you want to find somebody to help with that, right? Because yeah. Yeah. on the surface, I mean, I look around church, it doesn't look like there's any angry people there at all, right? Mm -hmm. We're all on our best behavior on Sunday mornings mm -hmm. at the men's breakfast and those types of things. And it's hard to be vulnerable yeah. and and to talk about it. And I know there's people I have talked about it and they're like, well, you can't really mean what you're saying. It's like, no, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. Yeah. They just they just don't understand. If they're not an angry person, they can't understand. Yeah. I don't think. Just like I don't at the moment I would say I can't understand joy. I'm not even sure I understand happiness to a large point. And it feels unfair to say that. But no, I don't have a frame of reference for it either, right? right? right. I'm, I'm either content or I'm sad or I'm angry, right? Yeah. That's why I liked Inside Out. There are only like five emotions, four emotions. It's very simple, right? Yeah. There's not a lot of nuance. Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I've heard you say over and over during this conversation is that it takes intentional work, intentional time, intentional effort, intentional yeah. mindset to to really tackle that. And um, I think it's it's just really cool to see how God's done that in your life and given you those relationships or the or the time or the ability to do that. Um, what are some of the biggest ways you'd say you've grown in your faith through anger, struggling with anger, your relationship with God? How's that grown? I think just working through a number of these books with that in mind, it's like I think that gospel treason book really opened my heart to the fact that I have some pretty serious idols. And yet mm -hmm. when I started the book, if you had asked me, I would have said, no, I don't have any idols. Yeah. And not super into anything that's tangible, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm just not. But then you realize that when you look at an idol as anything that's taking your attention away from God and mm -hmm. then thinking about behaviors, right? Like time, my time, or my expectations of other people and what yeah. you should or shouldn't be doing as the possibilities for idols or um, your expectations of your spouse or uh, things like that. Everybody comes into their marriage with, ah, this is what my parents will like. This is what my spouse will be like. And then you realize, <laughs> huh, they're not going to do exactly what I say when I say, or even if I don't say it, they're not going to know that. Know. <laughs> no, it's yeah. amazing. I don't understand that. I, I thought everybody would know what I wanted. Um, and And so I think it's really helped me to see that piece that there are are idols out there and and when you're starting where I'm where I started from at least there's just so much room to grow yeah. but it it feels it feels like I've made incredible progress I would say in the last yeah. four or five years right and that you re, you realize where you're still at and you're like wow there's still yeah. so far to go right I yeah. this year we, um, this group of guys I meet with I we started a book called the 40-day word fast oh, yeah that was crushing just crushing there's so much in there um but you know his his thing is he sounds a lot like me um angry about everything a school administrator and just struggled with so many things and 
he became convicted through prayer and, and from some harsh comments from his, not harsh, but some true comments from his wife, right? You know, he needed to cut out all the judgment, negativity, criticism, gossip, sarcasm, and complaining in his life. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. all of those things for an angry person just feed your anger, right? Mm-hmm. I would say I don't have a huge problem with gossip, but after reading this, I'm much more attuned to how much gossip there is, right, um, around me, all of which affects you to some extent. But for me, the judging people, criticizing people, yeah. sarcasm and complaining were were huge. And so he has like six chapters. They're just chock full of all the scriptural basis for why those things should never be coming out of a Christian's mouth. And, and it's hard because the world we live in is chock full of all of those yeah. things. Turn on, yeah. turn on talk radio on any topic politics, sports, and all of it is is analysis, gossip, judging, and criticizing. Yeah. That's all of it. It's like, okay, well, there went talk radio. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not that there might not be good snippets of info in some of that, but if 90% of it is bad stuff, and then, you know, it walks, then you do 40 days of taking notes morning and night um, about what that is. And I would say that really helped me see problems that I have in my own life, but then I can also see where I've propagated that onto my kids mm. um, and, and the people around me as well. Um, and I think I've had uh, a little bit of influence on on some people around me, yeah. both at work um, and in some other circles, because that that's such a struggle in America to yeah. not do sure. those things, right? I mean, look at the Look at the world we live in right now. There's yeah. an opinion and a, a judgment and a criticism on just about every action that sure. happens. And as Christians, we're we're not called to do those things. We're yeah. called to stay away from them. And that's intellectually easy, um, but emotionally hard in some of those moments. Well, that last one is huge. There are so many things that are intellectually easy, but emotionally so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. One thing I was thinking about is we get the, Jake and I get the joy of having you in youth group and you always offer a perspective that's just really wise and um, it's just cool to see you speak truth into others. And one thing you were talking about last Sunday is that the question was posed or is it in the Bible that we're not supposed to cuss or swear? And you brought up kind of the similar thing that your dad was just saying. And it's not just about specific words you you are and are not supposed to say, but like the attitude that your mouth is giving. And so that's one thing that I can see the things that Anna shares at youth group and the perspective and the knowledge that you have. And then also how you apply that in your relationships with people at youth group. Now I can see that it's a direct fruit of watching you work through that and learning that. And so that's a cool thing to see God do. Um, because I don't know that a lot of high schoolers have that perspective, and it's cool to see that you do. So do either of you have any any last pieces you want to share? I think there's, you know, my therapist went back to, you know, at one point she, she had me do a breathing exercise where you breathe in for five seconds, hold it, breathe out for five seconds, um, using your diaphragm. And I think I was surprised, but that actually made me feel quite a bit better. Um, there are a number of probably physical things mm-hmm. or physiological things or some 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 things that probably help with some of that. Mm-hmm. I know there's one thing she had me try, which was like focusing on something physical, very sensory type things. And for me at my house, 
now that I'm working from home, that was just more challenging because everywhere I looked, I saw a project that I should be working on, which yes. just made me angry about. However, I chose to not invest my last Saturday to to fix that thing. So, so that one has not been so good for me. But I I can see where it would be for for some people. I think there probably are some some practical worldly things that would would help yeah. us some of those things too. One thing I noticed when working with younger kiddos at school, um, big emotions or explosive emotions, just changing your heart rate are huge. So the breathing makes sense to me. Working on slowing down your breaths. Or like at school, we talk about um, rhythmic activities, taking a lap around the building mm -hmm. um, with little kiddos swinging and doing that rhythmic activity or simply just playing slower music um, and getting your heart to literally slow down and, and your heart rate to go lower helps you get that perspective and that time to kind of come back down, which is, is cool. And then the processing that can come after that. But. And so, so I think right now for me, it's uh, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 seem critical for me, which is get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I think he's just trying to cover every single thing there, right? <laughs> and then he says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And so, you know, in that Andy Stanley book, Enemies of the Heart, that's what he talks about is, you know, your anger is you feel that somebody else owes you, which means you need to forgive them. Um, and so trying to work through that and keeping that in context with Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 for me is, I guess, where my focus is right now is in constantly forgiving other people for every wrong I feel they might have done to me um, and keeping perspective on that. And that was a big thing for me, too, just because I struggle with depression and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so just learning to not just cut bad things out, but replace them with yes. good things. Because yes. otherwise you just make your life empty and yeah. then it, you don't get any satisfaction. And it's really unrealistic to cut bad things out. I mean, yeah, fully. Like you said earlier, the world, it's just everywhere. Yeah. This is awesome. Um so our last question we always ask is that New Hope, our values are love, grow, and go. So loving others, growing in your faith, or going and serving. Um, where would you each say that God has you right now in this season? It could be individual or, or it could be a combination of them. I would say, I mean, clearly in the growing stage, maybe I'll eventually graduate from there. Um, I think there are places that I can serve. I think for me right now with time and six kids and yeah. things like that, it, it's like I had to make choices. I could continue to serve and be angry and everywhere I'm at or kind of try to cut back some of that. But mm -hmm. I mean, we do look for those opportunities because it, it helps with, uh, I think in one of the other podcasts, you talked about gratitude and, and thankfulness. And I think you know, Anna talked about filling in the hole. Well, I, can't, I can't just eradicate the anger, right? Yeah. I've got to put something in its place. It's nice, yeah. Um, and so I think the gratitude piece and and being appreciative of what I've got are some things that are important to fill those holes in. And so yeah. serving is one of those ways. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I'd say I'm in the growing stage too. I'm trying to push myself to go more though, because mm -hmm. that's one thing that we're definitely called to do in the Bible, but yeah. it's more uncomfortable for me, just like yeah. sharing that with people and serving. So I'm just trying to, push towards that. 
Well, I appreciate both of you just being vulnerable and real and just sharing how God's been at work in your life. And um, it's encouraging and it's just a gift to see and hear how he's been working. So thanks for, for joining us. Thank you. Friends, was that not just full of some really good truths and just good things that were hard and required a lot of vulnerability, but also just allowed for each of us to grow and either grow in how we fight anger on our own or how we love those around us that do struggle with anger. Um, we're going to be getting a resource guide out for a lot of the books and um, websites and things that Corey mentioned if you're interested in, in pursuing some of those. I'll have links and everything ready to go for you. So I hope that this was a good episode and I look forward to having you join us next time when we discuss sadness and grief.